The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This week on your favorite soap opera, it's time to talk about all the daytime drama on Soap Central Live with Dan J. Kroll. Get ready for the latest soap news, scoops, and recaps. Now, here's Dan. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the very first episode of Soap Central Live here on the Voice America Network. I'm your host, Dan Kroll, and over the next hour, I'll be here to talk about anything and everything soap. Today we're going to take one last look back at the highs and lows of 2009 before we turn our sights ahead to 2010. In just a few moments, I'll be joined by tonight's guest, syndicated columnist Linda Hirsch. And then in the second half hour, it's going to be your turn. I'm opening up the lines, and you, the soap fans, can call in and share your thoughts. Uh, But before that, since this is the first show, I wanted to briefly let you know what you can expect from Soap Central Live in the weeks and months ahead. I see this show as a way to really celebrate the genre. Let's face it, we're all listening because we're soap fans. So this is a chance to learn more about what it takes to get your favorite soap on the air. There'll be news, scoops, recaps, and I think that the most exciting part will be interviews with soap stars and other special guests. And speaking of special guests, my first guest is an award-winning syndicated soap columnist who's been dishing the soaps even longer than I have. She's appeared on radio, television, the Internet, and her columns are even archived in the Smithsonian. Please welcome Linda Hirsch. Hi, Dan. How are you? Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Linda. Thank you so much for being a part of this very first episode of Subcentral Live. I definitely appreciate it. I'm glad that you had me. We've done this before, so this is kind of fun. Uh, We're talking highs and lows, huh? Absolutely. You have, which would you like to start with, the high or the low? Because I w- well, let's go get rid of the bad news first and st- kind of start on the high note. Because, um, sort of wraps up. Okay, like, all right, so what do you think was the worst thing that, uh, this year? <laughs> well, I think that's a, it's an easy one. For me, I think it would be obviously the cancellation of Guiding Light after 72 years. Right. And certainly it would have to be uh, the cancellation of As the World Turns, which... You know, two soaps down, it certainly isn't a good thing, but that's, that's specifically soap news. Uh, what about for you? What do you think? Well, I think those, those are really, uh, really horrible. But I, and, and I think, though, that, that one of the things that, that, that sometimes the worst things can do something really kind of positive, and, and I think that one of the things that it showed is that you don't need to reinvent the soap wheel, and I think in this desperate try to save it, you know, Guiding Light did this thing where everybody's, Room looked the same because everybody's room was shot in a producer's office. Um, I needed Dramamine when they were doing the outdoor shots. I mean, I, and um, the idea, well, the show couldn't be saved without this. I, I don't know. I think you could do cutbacks and not had to have done that. And then I think what As the World Turns did is that they, in trying to save it, you know, let's, let's truncate all these storylines. Let, let's make everything go at warp speed. So that if you miss a day, not only do you miss a lot, you miss everything, and you didn't know where where you were. And so the good thing, if there's anything good to come out of it, um, is that what shows need to know is what soaps have always been about, and that is, you know, characterization. Um, and interesting plots, but that different characters will react to. I mean, it's like Shakespeare. Every character in a Shakespeare play will, you know, um, react to the same situation differently, which is what was so great about All My Children in, in its heyday. And, and this year, which I think was one of the low points, was All My Children. Um, and some of the things that they t- tried to do in the name of making it different, and I, and I think they made it you know, horrendous, they have seen the error of their ways. And I think in the last couple of weeks, you can see it coming back. I don't think it was fair to blame just you know Chuck Pratt like he was like the you know 
this horrifying person who destroyed everything. I, I think what happened was, I think he was given a mandate. And they had some really bad writing before, and what was he going to do? Well, let's change everything. And I don't think it worked. Well, time is money now, especially with, with ratings down, not just for daytime. I think too many people focus on daytime. Ratings for all television shows are down. Right. But, you know, they're, they're down, but they're not down. I mean, the, the bottom, you know, and I think we've seen this, is that people are watching. They're just watching differently. Um, it, it's, so what they have to do is figure out a way to put that in the equation, and not just DVR, which is important, but I think when you're watching it on the Internet, and a lot of people are, but what's the original source? The original source is TV. I, I understand that there are some, you know, uh, Internet-only soap shows and some primetime things, but their numbers are, are pretty minuscule. You know, not that that's not a, a bad thing, because I think eventually it'll grow into something else, and but I, what I think is, is they have to have a way to fit this into the equation. I think that some of the ratings are being lost. And we do watch TV differently. I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't know what I did before TiVo or DVR. <laughs> Was there such, I, I can't even remember now the days of having to worry that you would run out of space on your VCR tape or having to switch things out. Oh, I know. I mean, sometimes my DVR is so loaded with stuff. I go, oh, my God, it took away a show I didn't watch yet. Um, and I think one of the things that's happened is, you know, that idea of, well, you can buzz through the commercials. But let me tell you, all they really care about is that you hear the name of the product. And I think even with the DVR, it's pretty hard to get away from the name of the product that's sponsoring it. You're, you're going to at least hear that. And I know that I can still say, oh, I hate this commercial, because I'm always seeing it as I'm jumping from my DVR. Well, what's the difference between fast-forwarding through a commercial or before TiVo, knowing when the commercial came out that you had about two minutes to quick run to the kitchen and check the dinner or go to the bathroom and check it's on the kids nothing. or feed the fish? And it's sort of like with the Internet or the newspaper. I mean, the, the newspaper, some people look at ads, some don't look at ads. So I, I think, you know, I think one of the things the year 2009 was, was the year of the whiners. You know, everybody was complaining. And I think it's sort of like the economy. This is a great time to economize because what can anybody say if you cut their salary? Oh, my gosh, I'm lucky I have a job, you know. And so I think that a lot of shows are doing that. I mean, I think that um, that, that happened. I, I, and I and I think that I love that most of our news came from people saying that they were quitting and they weren't quitting or they were leaving because they couldn't get their salary and then went, oh, no, wait a minute, this was a mistake. What would we have done with all that? Oh, my God. But, but speaking of economizing, I think the ultimate example of economizing in 2009 had to be ABC's decision to move production of All My Children from New York to Los Angeles. Uh, it's a lot right. of money out to, exactly. in, to invest to and, move it. And I find that sad because one of the great things about having soaps in New York was that Broadway actors really had a place to be, and now they're going to have one place to be unless the As the World Turns gets picked up by somebody. Um, and I, I'm, I'm naive enough to think that maybe they really are working at it this time. Uh, and, and I will tell you why I think they're really going to be working on it, Televest. Because Televest knows that if they don't have As the World Turns, then they are gone. Absolutely. And so I think all those people at Televest are going, oh, my gosh, you know, this is it. If we don't save this in some form, that's it. We're, you know, all of us, and it's a lot of people at Televest without jobs. So I think that they really are going to work out it, and they have eight or nine months. But... With that said, if As the World Turns doesn't get some better storylines, because I'm having a few issues. I think with this mixed storyline, they're doing with re, they're doing the Reva and the clone thing. Okay. And I don't I don't love it. Do you? Am I wrong? I mean, what do you think? Are you liking this idea that he's probably James? Not really. Oh, I don't like when I don't know. I don't like when when shows play fast and loose with. Storylines and I, I don't like that. And I and do you want me to take you seriously or don't you want me to take you seriously? I mean, if you want to be passions, which never said take me seriously, fine. <laughs> but if as the world turns wants to be taken seriously and, and guiding light, which did you can't do this these storylines that make they make no sense. Again, I think the beginning of the end for guiding light was the cloning of Riva. I, I cannot tell you how many people at that time wrote to me and said I'm not watching this anymore, and they meant it. Because they felt stupid, and 
once you feel stupid as a viewer, you're just not going to watch it. I think that's definitely true. Somehow, I guess that Days of Our Lives got away with it, with the devil possession. That's they still one did, of the most talked I, about and moments. I, but, and, and I think the only reason they did, because that was truly, and the killing of the people, but the island killing almost killed them, all those people get being killed off. I think the devil possession only worked because they still had this unique core of fans. They had the Deidre fans, and, and they would accept anything. I think if you did that now, I don't know if they would if they would go for that. I'm not um, sure, but you know what? I think that what we're going to do is maybe we'll we'll turn our attention towards the best of 2009. I know we're we're getting ready here for our very first break. Uh, do you have a teaser of what you might think is the best for uh, 2009? We only have uh, maybe about 10 seconds before the break. Okay, what I think is the best for, uh, of 2009? One life to live. Uh, well, that's what we'll talk about when we okay. come back from the break. Please uh, join us after the commercials. Linda Hirsch is here, and we're talking about the soaps. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at one 866 472-5787 1-866-472-5787 Hey Soap fans, are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, Soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com Every day, SoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas Take a sneak peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews or share your thoughts with soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend, check out hundreds of character profiles and actor biographies. Now you'll be able to know who slept with who and who's come back from the dead the most times. Plus, exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys, and much more. Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. Wielding power, shaping environments and outcomes, and making things happen are all essential characteristics of great leaders. Yet these qualities alone are not enough to ensure your success. In a complex world, how do you decide what's most important to you? In your career, your relationships, your finances, your family, in the world around you, in the whole of your life at large. Dr. Joseph Riggio, the host of Leadership Intuition, says that personal leadership, the desire to take charge of your life, is the key to creating futures that work and building a life worth living. Join Joseph as he reveals the power of uncovering and living your own personal mythology, the key to personal transformation, exquisite performance, and social influence. Learn to look inside and discover your personal mythology and unique leadership style. Go beyond conventional advice and discover your unique success blueprint on Leadership Intuitions with Dr. Joseph Riggio each Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Leadership Intuitions, power, achievement, relationships. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. are tuned in today with Soap Central Live, starring Dan J. Kroll. Do you have a question, a comment, or you just want to dish? Please call in at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or drop a line to radio at SoapCentral.com. Now, back to our stories. Hey, everybody. This is Dan Kroll, and you are tuned in to the very first episode of Soap Central Live. I am dishing with syndicated columnist Linda Hirsch. In the last segment, we talked about some of the things that didn't quite measure up in 2009, and now this second segment is going to be a little more positive. We're focusing on 
the best of 2009. And Linda teased before we went to commercial break that One Life to Live was her choice for the best of 2009. So what made One Life to Live so good, Linda? What made One Life to Live so good is that other shows have to do this. Well, you know, a couple of things. One, every generation had a storyline. They also did what soaps used to do. If there was a scene, it would be cut up into like a three, one scene would be cut up into like a three-act play. In the first two minutes, you might see Dorian and Blair. And if you didn't care about Dorian and Blair, then you might see uh, Fish and Kyle. And if you didn't care about Fish and Kyle, in within two minutes, you might see Nora and Bo. And then they would intersplice back and forth. They did a great job of that. They did some really fabulous photography. Um, they didn't let you get bored. If, if you, you know, you don't. I don't think anybody cares about every character on, on a show. I mean, I certainly don't. There's someone to go, please get them off my screen. <laughs> well, luckily with One Life to Live, they would. They did some really, really interesting things. They took chances. Um, the, the dialogue was witty. They. Um, their acting is, is phenomenal. I, I don't think there is a weak acting. Like, I mean, certainly some actors are more seasoned than others. But I think when you have, you know, Eric and, and, and uh, Slazak and Brian Kerwin, and then you, you have, you know, uh, uh, Brian Tam and, 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 and just all these really, you know, for the younger set, these really great, you know, uh, you know and, Teo, and Taya and just all these really... Uh, good storylines and, and, and characters. I mean, I don't think you can go wrong. And they show that every character and every, every age group can, can do it. What, what do you think made it so good, Dan? Well, you know, you mentioned taking chances. Uh, I think that that certainly is something that is difficult to do right now in, in at least the economic climate and the, with the way the ratings are. I think that so many people put their soaps together and are afraid to rock the boat they're afraid that the viewers that they have might tune out. I think that you know, there was, like you said, there was something for everyone. And while every storyline may not have been a hit, there was something for everyone where someone may not want to tune in and, and see Stacy, for example, let's say. But right, maybe exactly. They were, they were, um, I mean, I said they took uh, Gamble bringing Mitch Lawrence back, who never was one of my favorite characters. I'm loving him this time out because Roscoe Bourne has done such a good job. Um, I had an experience the other day which stunned me. I was at a friend's apartment, and I was watching, trying to catch up on One Life to Live, and they were showing the New Year's Eve scene with Kyle and Fish. Right. And the person I was with, somebody was saying, I have to fast forward, I can't watch this. And I thought, oh, my God, I thought we were over that. How could that be? But that is a thing. But at One Life, now, they, they're not doing well in the ratings as well as they could have, and maybe that's the problem. But on the other hand, I think I think it works, um, and I think it did work, and I think it's going to find viewers that are going to say, "Okay, I want to watch. I want to watch that." And uh, so I, I was kind of stunned at that. I, when this friend of mine, I thought, "Oh my God, I misjudged this person." I didn't, you know, it kind of spooked me. But <laughs> and I think it was like, "Oh my God, what, what decade are we in?" However, everybody's, I guess, entitled to you know feel what they feel, uh, and I don't have to be the, you know, tell them what are you crazy, although I looked at them like, what are you crazy? <laughs> uh, but I think that, that that's why it's so good. Now what you have to do is, is say this is good and let's get the word out of it. I mean, the, the atrocity, I think, was All My Children and the Stuart murder, where all day, every day, that's all it was about, whether you cared about it or not, and, and all anybody talked about was that. Absolutely. And storylines were dropped that made no sense. Like, who really killed Dixie? Well, Tad didn't seem to care two minutes later. <laughs> you know, but uh, the love of your life. Your living buddy, what happened? I, and see, I think that bothered, you know, viewers. I think all my children has a shot of coming back to it now. Well, um, you, you, you mentioned that. Now, here's an interesting thing. You know, for the past squillion years, The Young and the Restless has been the number one soap. And it finished 2009 as the number one soap again. But there was... Oh gosh, there was a, a lot of of controversy. At well, first, the Young oh, and Restless. Actually, well, first of all, I think what that is. I think Young and Restless is still appointment TV. It's on at you know twelve thirty. Oh, it's lunchtime at offices. It's lunchtime at home. It's like, and so that's one of the reasons. 
I don't know about you, there were a couple of months there when I thought that show was spectacular. And then something just happened. And I don't know if it's because it became Adam-centric. Um, I, you know, I don't know. It made Sharon look stupid. It made everybody either mean and or stupid. So why would I care yeah. to watch? Well, you know, you mentioned that people don't like to be thought of as stupid or they don't want to be confused. And, and it has really a lot to do with soaps. There was an article in the paper. Uh, it was from a newspaper in Pittsburgh. And they had mentioned something that why people have changed their television habits. And they used Desperate Housewives and Lost as examples. Mm-hmm, and yeah. they said that their ratings have tuned down, particularly for Lost, because as the show went on, people were getting confused, and they felt that maybe they weren't smart enough to watch the show. Uh, I, I think for soaps, that may apply, too, where some things happen that viewers know are not possible, and then they become insulted well, and exactly. tune out. Exactly, and then, I, I don't know about you, but every time I hear that somebody, first of all, I want to have the DNA lab at Young and Restless, <laughs> because every other day, there's a DNA test, and they always get them wrong. So they keep going back to the same DNA place, so you can, you know, have, you know, continual employment and never get it right. I wouldn't t- test a, a DNA test coming out of that lab. And we're going to have another DNA test story, and oh by gosh, by golly, they're getting it wrong again. <laughs> but they get it wrong, and what what do they do? They're going to go back to the same DNA thing. I think the Tom Beard's return did not work. Um, just a great storyline idea, and they they that, did you think it worked? The not film at all. I, I thought it was mishandled. I thought it was sort of juggled and, and fumbled in it. It may have the same reaction to you said that you were watching the One Life to Live scene with someone. Uh, I don't know. It, it seems well, strange I, to have I, someone come I back. I think what they didn't do is is explore why Philip thought. Remember, it's twenty years ago, and like the actor said, who, who is is openly gay now, couldn't be then, or was and thought it was a career killer. <coughs> excuse me. Is that you know twenty years ago things were different a little bit. And I think that they didn't handle it well. I mean, Nina had like a 20-second uh, scene, Kay had a 20-second mm-hmm. scene, and they never discussed why this young man would say, I, I felt tortured and I couldn't talk to my family, because I didn't think they would understand. Do you think that and, maybe the writers um, of the Young and the If you're going to tackle a storyline, like they tackle it right. I don't know what they were doing. I think they muddled it. Now we hear he's coming back, although right. he says he hasn't heard he's coming back. So I don't know. You know well, do you think that maybe the writers of The Young and the Restless decided that, after doing some research, that maybe that wasn't the storyline that they should be telling on their show? Well, you know, then here's an idea. Why don't you research this before? <laughs> because what is the storyline they should? I mean, there isn't a storyline that grabs me anymore. On the show, and and that's bothersome. Um, I think some characters that they they looked like they were bringing back and decided not to bring back was a mistake, and some of them they brought back. And I I just you know, and uh, I think they've made Sharon look so. I mean, she should get the mattress on her back award <laughs> for the year because the, really this character is just like walking around with a mattress on her back. Hi, uh, I'm a bit lonely. Can we go to bed? <laughs> It's like, my gosh. Is it one of those Tempur-Pedic mattresses? Do you it think, is a Tempur-Pedic or? mattress, but it does have different controls. <laughs> and she can control, and, and she's got it so she, the man can have it control, you know, because she is being controlled by men. But then wh- whatever man she's with, he can have it to his own comfort. Well, she just seems to keep it at the same, I'm miserable <laughs> spot. And no, we didn't rehearse this. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, maybe things will pick up. Uh, certainly, I when they Eric do. And, and, I, and I'm not listen. I, and I think some of it. I found Adam very interesting at first. And what I, I what I don't like is that Nick has been incredibly mean to Adam without knowing the horrifying things he's done, without with very little justification. And um, we know he's got justified, but other people really don't. Although Sharon has kind of told him that you know you've, you've been a creep, but I don't know. 
So you think, what do you think? Do you think Young and Restless has kind of had some issues lately, or is it just me? It has. You know, certainly with, with actors saying that they were going to leave, there are a lot oh, of high-profile contract talks. There have been some uh, interesting casting decisions uh, that, you know, some fans haven't necessarily embraced. Right, uh, and then, you know, and I, and I think William Russ, by the way, who was playing Tucker originally, is a really good actor, but then they decided to give us a little surprise, and it wasn't going to work if it was with, with that actor. So Stephen Nichols is coming on, and it'll work a little bit more with him. I think we're going to get a big surprise out of Steve. People who've only seen Stephen Nichols at, as Patch on Days are going to be surprised, because he can do a lot more. And I think it'll be interesting. And I think they're counting on it. Certainly his uh, arrival and then the return of Eric Braden on January 14th. But Yes, right. Of course, I'm probably the only person in America who really cannot stand him. Eric, not Eric, not Eric, Victor. Uh, Victor is just one of the meanest people I know. Well, you are actually one of the nicest people I know, and oh, sadly you. are half hour. You know, you keep Linda. mentioning my syndicated column, which you also mentioned, and I'm also on Soap Central Weekly. And absolutely, uh, Linda Hirsch, a syndicated columnist, she appears in a weekly column on SoapCentral.com. I want to thank you so much thank for you joining me on the. Thank you on your first show. Oh, um, thank you. It means so much to me that you're willing to be a part of it. Absolutely. So quickly, in uh, ten words or less, what do you? Uh, anticipate from 2010 is it going to be good or bad for 2010 yes for the whole i think very good i i think that what we're we're going to see uh some great you know writers like lorraine broderick i think they're going to realize that you can't reinvent the wheel um and i and i really think it's going to be a good year you know but but i am the eternal optimist well thank you linda we'll be back in a few moments with your calls from the Soap Fans. Join us then on Soap Central Live. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Hey, Soap fans. Are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, Soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. Every day, SoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. Take a sneak peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews, or share your thoughts with soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend, check out hundreds of character profiles and actor biographies. Now you'll be able to know who slept with who and who's come back from the dead the most times. Plus, exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys, and much more. Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. Once upon a time, there lived three energy hogs. Now, an energy hog is what you have when humans waste energy. One day, the three energy hogs set out to find themselves a cottage. Let's look for leaky windows, said the first energy hog, for he knew that would waste energy. Let's look for leaky doors, said the second. Let's look for a swing set, said the third, for he had more blubber than brains. So they set off down the road. Presently, they came upon a tiny cottage where dwelled a clever girl named Dreadilocks. I hope it has leaky windows, cried the first energy hog. I hope it has leaky doors, cried the second. I hope it has a bathroom, cried the third, for only his brains were smaller than his bladder. But Dreadilocks liked playing cool games at energyhog.org. And from energyhog.org, she learned how to use energy wisely. So the three energy hogs were forced to look elsewhere to waste energy and had to use the disgusting restroom at the gas station down the road. And the moral of the story is, to use energy wisely, log on to energyhog.org or waste not, hog not. This public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned in today with Soap Central Live, starring Dan J. Kroll. 
Do you have a question, a comment, or you just want to dish? Please call in at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or drop a line to radio at soapcentral.com. Now, back to our stories. Hey, Soap fans. We are back with the first edition of Soap Central Live. In the last half hour, you heard from Linda Hirsch, and we talked about some of the highs and lows of 2009 on the soaps. And while we were at commercial, we now have a phone call from Tammy Lou Waite, who is a general hospital and the bold and the beautiful columnist on SoapCentral.com. And she's here to dish some of the highs and lows of those two soaps from last year and to look ahead at what we might expect in 2010. So uh, thank you, Tammy Lou, for calling in. Oh, you're very welcome, Dan. It's great to be on the show. Oh, well, thank you, uh, especially on the, the first episode here. I Thanks. know. It's very exciting. Let's start with, I think, one of the most unusual news stories of 2009, and it was James Franco joining the cast of General Hospital, who, I have to admit, I didn't know who he was <laughs> beforehand. Not a Spider-Man fan, eh? Yeah. Oh, they, they made me watch it on an airplane ride to the Emmys one year. It was the movie. <laughs> And it was the longest plane ride to California <laughs> ever. Um, but two and three were fine. But anyway, did it surprise you when you found out that he was James Franco, of all people, was joining General Hospital? It did surprise me, but it also thrilled me because when you get someone of his status that's willing to come on to daytime television, it gives you a little boost of publicity, and we desperately need that in that industry right now. So it was, it was a great surprise. Now, you know, they, they made such a big deal out of it. Uh, thinking that maybe billions of people around the world would tune in. And the ratings really haven't done too much, plus or minus. They've sort of held steady. Uh, do you think that they brought him into the show with the right story, or do you think that maybe they could have done something differently to really capitalize on his presence? Well, I think they certainly gave it as much publicity as they could. I mean, he's he's been all over. I've read several articles that he's written about it. He's been on Saturday Night Live. So I think they've published it a lot, but I I think what fans really want is some of their old favorites back. I think soap fans would be more drawn in, like, say, if Jeannie Francis came back, because there's a lot of people out there, frankly, like you, who didn't know who James Franco was, so they weren't thrilled about it. Hopefully we got a few people who'd never watched General Hospital before to pick up and <laughs> pick up the remote and turn it on. But um, I don't know. I think the soap fans are really kind of hoping for some core characters to return. Well, that's, that's perfect, uh, because, you know, Having work on, on SoapCentral.com, uh, we are reporting that GH is in talks to have Vanessa Marcel come back as Brenda and also Jeannie Francis. I read that and I was thrilled. Laura, do you think that having that the news is out there, do you think now that the show needs to get both of these stars back uh, so they don't disappoint, or is one more important than the other? I don't think one is more important than the other. I think there may be a generational thing there when... I first started watching General Hospital. Laura was the you know star of the show, and that's what all the girls my age were watching for Laura. But then, if you skip forward ten years, that generation of women started watching when Brenda was the the big female lead on the show. So I mm -hmm. think you can capture two different generations <laughs> of viewers with if you brought both of them back. It would be a double whammy. I think it would be phenomenal for them to get both of them. So how do we bring them back? Uh, you know, Jeannie Francis has been back recently. And, of course, uh, Vanessa hasn't been for ooh, a handful of years. Do you think it's easy? I, I mean, you, you obviously watch the show every day. Do you think that in your head do you have the perfect return storyline of how to bring them back? Well, I think for Laura it's going to be an easier uh, entry because she's got, you know, kids. She's got three kids and an ex-husband, and she's got a storyline, a built-in family there, whereas Brenda doesn't have any built-in connection other than her relationship with Sonny. So... I think that writing Lorian, especially now, she's got you know Lulu strapped to a bomb, and <laughs> Lucky just finding out that his uh, brother is in love with his fiance. So you know, there's reasons for Laura to come back, but Brenda, I think, is going to be a little harder to work her into the storyline. Okay, now switching gears slightly, last year, The Bold and the Beautiful was named Outstanding Drama Series at the Daytime Emmys. It was the first time the show had ever won the top honor. Right. Now, this year, they seem to want to try to do a, a repeat. They had the suicide storyline from the year before, which is what helped them win. And then this year, they killed off Betty White. <laughs> I 
I was not really Betty White, but her character. I thought it was a it was very heart wrenching to watch. I mean, I cried. I'll admit, and I hated that they killed her off because I liked the interaction between her and Stephanie, but. It's definitely something that will get them noticed in an Emmy, Emmy reel, and I think the storyline they're doing right now with Sarah Joy Brown and the, the rape storyline has just, you know, been so informational for one, but just, you know, gut-wrenching. You think about all the women in the world that are out there waiting for <laughs> some answers in their rape case, and I think they've done a great job with that one, too. So those are two powerhouse storylines for the Emmy reel. I think that it's interesting to see Sarah Brown in this role. I'm so used to her being, well, she was on, of course, General Hospital twice. She right. was Once she was sort of bitchy. The second time she was, <laughs> you know, mob-related. Then she right. went to As the World Turns in between there, and she was cuckoo. Uh, this is, it, it's a really different role for her, and I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm not surprised that she's put in a great performance. She's a great actress. But it, it's so different. Well, it's a much more sympathetic role than she's had in the past. In the past, she was someone that you... You kind of wanted to root for, but you couldn't because she was just such a bad girl. <laughs> but this time you're really rooting for her sincerely because she's a broken person who's been wounded and hurt and is scared. You just want, you know, you feel for her character, and I think she's certainly getting a lot more compassion in this role. But I, I, I can't go get past this Betty White thing. <laughs> I'm sorry, you don't kill Rose Nyland. It's, 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 ooh, it's, it's crazy to me. Well, I think, you know, just like they killed off uh, John Abbott on Young and the Restless, but he still comes back about once a week for ghost appearances, so maybe Betty White will still be able to come by and, you know, haunt Stephanie from time to time, or Pam will have uh, visions of her or something in one of her loopy fits when she's off her medication. <laughs> well, you know, I'm also still not overkilling Alan Quartermain on General Hospital. I know well, we're, no, we're I'm not either, and, and, and now we don't even get ghost appearances by him. He's just completely gone. And, you know, then he goes to another show, which is rumored to be ending soon, so that's kind of a sad thing. Well, he's off. I mean, he could potentially come back. He, he, there was another interesting thing. Seeing Stuart Damon play uh, just the, the ooh, he, he was definitely not Alan Quartermain. He sort of was, eh, smarmy, uh, you want to come here, little girl? Like, really creepy. He freaked me out on As the World Turns. I think when you get someone who you've seen in the same role, I mean, he was Alan Quartermain for, you know, a gazillion years, and when you see them in something completely different, you forget that they're actors because you associate them just with that one character, so at least it was a chance for him to show his range a little bit and to show he could do something different. That's, that's a, I think that's a good point. Now, what do you think, moving into 2010, with, you know, talk about uh, interesting storylines and, and maybe the, the mob is, is too heavily present, what does General Hospital need to do to have a stellar 2010 well, I think they need to start storylines and finish them. There were a lot of things last year that kind of got dropped in the middle. One of the things I mentioned in my year-end column was they did this big promo of Valentine Cassidyne that was going to come and terrorize the town, and then we never heard about it again. So I think, if, you know, following through with things, I think it's great that we have Jonathan Jackson back in the role of Lucky because now we have a wealth of history to play on with him and Elizabeth and to see that whole relationship, the triangle with uh, Nicholas, and the two of them unfold, I think that would be, you know, a great focus. And I'm not I'm not terribly crazy about Lisa coming on as Patrick's old girlfriend. I think there's so many other things they could explore with Robin and Patrick. You know, the the thing that broke my heart last year was when Robin had her baby, she was the first character that was HIV positive to get pregnant on daytime television. Exactly. And instead of really focusing on that and taking us through that, <laughs> they went through the crazy storyline where she had postpartum depression and, you know, hung her baby in a tree in a, a snowstorm. <laughs> and I just really wish they'd uh, look at Robin's HIV and her baby's health and Patrick's health and just kind of focus on that a little bit more. I think that would be great, too. You know, I think that since you pointed to that storyline, I think that it's interesting that, you know, I personally received a lot of emails, more than I expected, from people who didn't fully understand uh, what it is if, if a mother is HIV positive, what the impact is on the baby. And since I, there certainly was no Internet when all my children, for example, did the storyline with Cindy and Stuart, where people thought that, you know, if Stuart held Cindy's hand, he could potentially get AIDS. Right. Uh, you know, the, certainly that was a totally different mindset, but I, I think that HIV and pregnancy, I think, is still one of the untapped and, and sort of areas that people really don't know a lot about. And I think you're right. Maybe they did 
dropped the ball on that. And even now, you know, it would be something just to see uh, Robin and Patrick taking the baby in for a checkup and having her have to be tested or whatever, you know, to find out just so they could bring it up again, just so they could mention it, maybe put that out there a little bit. But does that become too dark? I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, that just, you know, people are well, tuning in to be entertained. They don't want to hear about horrible things, especially when, you know, swine flu was everywhere. <laughs> well, if, if the baby's okay, then it's nothing horrible. Then you can, then you can look at, at the situation and say, aha, people that are HIV positive can have healthy children and, you know, just put the information out there. I think the soap operas have a lot of times informed me. I mean, when Stone had AIDS on General Hospital, I'd never heard anything much about AIDS before. That's what taught me about, you know, the information about AIDS, like you said, back in the day, people thought if somebody touched you, that was the end. Well, General Hospital, you know, showed everybody that was kind of in the dark about that. They did a great job with that one. So I think I think they can educate. I think they have, you know, a receptive audience that when people are introduced to a topic and they are interested in the characters, they get drawn into the story. I think that's a really good point. You know, I, I want to thank you so much for a uh, surprise call in here uh, to talk to me on the first episode. My I, pleasure. Thanks for letting me visit with you today. It's been a great honor. I want to encourage everyone to visit the General Hospital section at SoapCentral.com and click on the Scoop tab, and they can check out all of your wonderful Two Scoops columns. You've been doing it for... I think seven years. Seven years. Uh, so? so there are many, many, many archived... <laughs> columns that people can go back and read and check out and, and see what was happening four years ago this week that you were praising or, or, or being crazy about, and uh, lots, of, lots of things have happened in seven years, lots of really good memories. Yes, they have. Sometimes I go back and read them just so I can you know, relive the glory days of the past. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, we only have, we have less than a minute here. Uh, can you think of what might be your favorite column of all time? I did one earlier this year called Soap Opera University that gave soap opera stars handy tips like if you're going to have a private conversation, don't do it in an open doorway in a crowded, <laughs> crowded building. You know, just the sort of things that soap opera people always do that you always, you know, if you're pregnant, don't stand on the top of the staircase with your enemy. <laughs> you know, just little tidbits like that. Well, what I will do, since if people want to read that, I will make sure that that is posted prominently on the Soap Central page, and we'll be back for more Soap Central Live after this commercial break. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Hey, soap fans, are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. Every day, SoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. Take a sneak peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews, or share your thoughts with soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend, check out hundreds of character profiles and actor biographies. Now you'll be able to know who slept with who and who's come back from the dead the most times. Plus, exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys, and much more. Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. What I want to be when I grow up by Johnny Mark. Dad, it's John. I got the promotion. We'll call him John Jr. You'll speak over 500 million words in your lifetime, but none of them will be as important as the words you use to tell your six-year-old he has cancer. CureSearch.org connects you to the most comprehensive research and advice on childhood cancer and to other families who know exactly what you're going through. CureSearch.org. You're not as alone as you feel. Brought to you by CureSearch and the Ad Council. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. 
are tuned in today with Soap Central Live, starring Dan J. Kroll. Do you have a question, a comment, or you just want to dish? Please call in at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or drop a line to radio at SoapCentral.com. Now, back to our stories. Hey, everybody. This is Soap Central Live. I'm your host, Dan Kroll, and I cannot believe we are almost at the end of the hour. Uh, I had planned to bring on the All My Children Two Scoops columnist to talk about the show's 40th anniversary, but then I realized that was me, uh, and I wasn't going to spend the segment talking to myself. But uh, we do have a caller. It is Matt from Queens, and we're going to see what he has to say about what he thinks was the best and worst of the soaps in 2009. Matt. Hey, Dan. How are you doing? I'm good, Matt. How are you? I'm all right. First, let me just thank you for your sight. Oh, well, phenomenal. You're welcome. It's everybody on there, all the, the updates, and uh, I, I check Scoop almost every day. <laughs> Can't get enough, huh? You got yeah, to Well, it's just, you know, I like to know who's going to be going and, uh, you know, that kind of stuff, so. Okay. Um, so what are your favorite soaps? Oh, God. Uh, everything except Days. Why not days? What's wrong with days? They, I don't know, I guess all the crazy stuff they did, it uh, reminded me too much of passions and all that kind of stuff. So I, I don't know, I've never been into it. Okay. So uh, of the soaps that you have watched, what stands out for you as the best soap of 2009? Ooh, it's got to be One Life to Live. Uh, everyone seems to say that One Life to Live is the best soap, yet you know, its ratings aren't doing so well. Why? Yeah, I don't understand that, but I, I think the reason I think I can say that because I think it's it, and to me it's the most improved. Okay, you know because it's just I don't know. It's there's so much diversity in one life to live. There is there's something for everybody now. I mean they they and they haven't just brought on like crappy actors to play what I would see in the past are like throwaway roles. They're not. Mm-hmm. They're good people. The only person that kind of, she's, and she's getting better, is the girl that plays Destiny. I think she's actually getting better. Well, you know, sometimes you, you bring performers in who don't have the experience of, of doing these shows every single day and having to learn a new script. And, you know, I, I applaud certainly ABC for allowing someone to grow into a role. Uh, yeah. I don't expect anyone to be uh, uh, Morgan Freeman or, or whatever overnight to be the, the best performer ever. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. And like I said, I think she's she's getting better. And I think having um, Terrell Tilfer come on as as um, Greg mm-hmm. and really giving Sean, I think a chance to really, uh, you know, grow and to shine now as an actor. He can, you know, got to place him. They've really extended that. And I actually like Layla now, and I hated her in the past. <laughs> well, you know, since you're you're we're talking about One Life to Live, uh, the Kramer women. All yeah. of them, every Kramer, it seems, ever, are coming back just in time for uh, February sweeps. What do you think about that? I'll take it. And they're getting rid of Stacy, so I'm real happy. <laughs> wow. Who's your favorite Kramer woman? Um, I, like I don't know. I, I like Kelly, but I, and I'm so glad to have, I'm unfortunately thoroughly upset about Guiding Light, but I'm glad to have Gina Tognoni back. I think a lot of people are. I had the opportunity to speak to her yesterday, and I'll be posting an interview about that on SoapCentral.com for Monday. Uh, a lot of good stuff, and she talks about you know, the, the, the realization of, of having to leave Guiding Light and yeah. talks about she doesn't call it full circle as coming back to One Life to Live. Uh, so there will be some, some interesting things to read, uh, certainly on Monday. But before I let you go, I want to get your worst soap pick for 2009, or let's do it, this is the one that needs to improve the most in 2010. How's that? You're going to be surprised. I, I'm not going to pick a soap. I'm going to pick the channel. <laughs> oh, okay, pick oh, a channel. SoapNet has, I'm just so dis, just totally disappointed with what SoapNet has done and what they've become. And I, I, it's just a downward, I, all I see are the live, you know, I think there's so much they could do. There was rumored a while ago that they were going to pick up a second network to try to showcase the real, you know, the, what I call the real soaps, and it, it just, I don't know, it just, just it has thoroughly disappointed me from where they started. I saw so much promise, and it just seems like it gets, you know, they bring on these 
their shows, and I'm I'm just I don't know. I'm just very I'm totally disappointed with it. Okay, well that's it's, uh, I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting a soap. Uh, <laughs> hopefully they'll they'll come around. Uh, I want to thank you for calling in uh, and making this a successful first episode, I think. I'm hoping everyone's enjoying it. So, uh, Matt, thank you so much, and hopefully uh, I'll get to hear from you in the, in the weeks and months ahead. Thanks, and have a happy new year. Thank you, you too. All right. So that's one of the things I love so much about doing this, uh, Soap Central Live, is the ability to talk to soap fans. So certainly in the weeks ahead, I want everyone to call in, make a note of the number, everybody. It is 866-472-5788. And you can also... Email me. Uh, you can email me. It's radio at soapcentral.com. You can, you know, give your thoughts. You can give suggestions. Maybe talk about who you want to see on an upcoming episode. And uh, I think that's the way to make this show even better. This certainly is for soap fans. So this is why I, I want to hear from you guys. Um, you know, looking back, I want to thank my special guest this week, Linda Hirsch, and everyone who called in. Tammy Lou, of course. You can check out her columns on soapcentral.com. And to everybody out there who's listening to this edition of Soap Central Live, I know that you can listen live. You can certainly download the podcast. Uh, so if you're not able to listen to it live, I appreciate your support. It means so much to me, uh, more than I can probably ever p- properly articulate. And uh, I've never at a loss for words. I feel so blessed to have had this incredible journey here for 15 years, and I hope that we're all together for at least another 15 years. To keep up on the latest soap news, you can head on over to SoapCentral.com or you can follow us on Twitter at TheSoapCentral. If you want to follow and see what I'm up to, you can follow me on Twitter at Dan J. Kroll. Um, Not quite that exciting, but you never know what I'll pop in there. In the meantime, again, as I mentioned, you can send your comments, questions, and suggestions for future show topics to radio at SoapCentral.com. We'll be back certainly next week with all of the latest soap news, some special guests, some callers, uh, all kinds of everything that you can think of. It'll be great. So until then, I want you to do your absolute best not to be kidnapped by an evil twin, and I'll see you back here next week, next Friday, the same time, on Soap Central Live here on the Voice America Network. Thanks, everybody. Join us next time for the continuing story of all your favorite soaps. Tune in next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of Soap Central Live on the Voice America Variety Channel. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 